Lord and attempt to uh, learn something from the Bible. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have listening ears, Lord, and to have a heart that is ready and open to hear from your word. Father, I pray that you would help me uh, to be able to say the things, Lord, that you would have me to say. Lord, I pray that you would help me uh, to be able to minister to your people, to be able to teach this passage uh, the best that I know how. Father, we love you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Isaiah chapter number 3, and Isaiah has kind of just been uh, describing for us his society, he's kind of just looking around and looking at Judah, and looking at Israel, and, and just kind of looking at society, and, and commenting on what he sees, and the interesting thing about it is he's looking at a very God-less society, he's looking at a, uh, a society of people, a group of people, that their hearts, remember we learned last week, that their hearts were far away from the Lord, they, they really, in chapter 1 we learned that they were religious, but their hearts, they were rebellious, they really don't care what God thinks, they really don't care what the Bible thinks, they're just kind of going through the motions. And as, as I was studying this chapter this week and reading it, and I, I, start, and I was just kind of putting myself in the eyes of Isaiah and watching him describe, you know, just kind of thinking of like going out into, the, in, in, into like a public place and just watching people, you know, watching families and, and just looking at society. As he, as he was describing his society, I saw a lot of similarities with our society. And it's interesting because he's describing a society that is a godless society. It's a group of people, it's a nation that is not interested in the things of God. And I think we can see some similarities in regards to our nation today and the fact that we very much live in a society and in a time and a group of people that really don't care what the Bible says, they really don't care what God says. And we can see how our society is developing into this godless society. There are three things I'd like you to notice from the text tonight. Number one, I'd like you to see that there is a lack of leadership. A godless, a spiritless, a, 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 a group of people, a society that is not interested in the things of God, will find as the judgment of God a lack of leadership. And when I say leadership, I'm specifically talking about a lack of male leadership. Notice verse 1, Isaiah chapter 3. He says, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away. So this is what Isaiah has noticed. This is what God has removed from our society, Isaiah would say. This is what God has removed from Jerusalem and removed from Judea. He said, the Lord of hosts doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. Notice verse 2. These are, this is a list of the things that the Lord has removed. Here's what He removed. The mighty man. Remember this morning we were studying about Goliath and it said he was a champion? That same terminology was used for with Goliath, the mighty man, the strong man. He says, he says I'm going to remove the mighty man. I'm going to remove the man of war. This is talking about military men that can defend. He said, I will remove the judge. Talking about someone who can render judgment. Someone that can, can, can look at a situation and, and have some wisdom to be able to say, this is right and this is wrong and this is what the Bible says and this is what righteousness should be. He said, I'll remove the prophet. Talking about a preacher. I'll remove the prudent. Talking about a wise man. I'll remove the ancients. He said, I'll, I'll give you a society that does not take heed to the older people, to the wiser people, to those that have already gone, have already lived their lives and they can give us some wisdom from their lives. He said, verse 3, 
33, the captain of 50, again, talking about leadership, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, talking about men with skills that are able to work and build. He says, and the eloquent oratory. God is telling, uh, Isaiah is showing us here, that because of their sin, and because of the rejection of God, this is what a society looks like, that does not have God as its, as its you know, just focus, and he says, here's what God does to a nation that rejects it, and, and as I said, I was looking around, he said, you know what I, what I don't see is a bunch of male leadership. And I'm here to tell you, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm here to tell you, we live in a nation today where there is a lack of male leadership. Keep your finger there in Isaiah chapter 3, and go with me just real quickly to Psalm 12. And this is a verse that I often quote to myself as I deal with people, and as I just kind of walk through our, uh, our city and through our nation, and as I go into stores and I'm out soul winning. Psalm 12.1 says this, To the chief musician upon Sheminet, a psalm of David. This is what David said. This is what David cried out. He said, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. And really, that's really what Isaiah is saying. He's saying, Help, Lord. He said, I'm looking around and I cannot find the mighty man. He said, I cannot find a man of war. He said, I cannot find a judge and a prophet and a prudent and an ancient, a captain of fifty, an honorable man and counselor and cunning artificers. Eloquent. He said, I'm looking around and I can't find a bunch of male leadership. And, I, and I'm here to tell you, and, and, and what to God that it would never be said of Verity Baptist Church. But we have, you need to understand this. We live in a country today where men do not want to step up. They do not want to take the role. They do not want to lead. Today, we live, go back to Isaiah chapter 3. Look at verse 6. Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 6. Notice this. He says, When a man shall take hold of his brother, of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let this ruin be under thy hand. And we're going to come back to that verse in a second. But I want you to notice verse 7. It says, In that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be an healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Notice what this guy says. Make me not a ruler of the people. They come to this guy and they say, Hey, will you lead us? Hey, will you rule us? Hey, will you be the leader that we need? And he looks and he says, Make me not a ruler of this people. Sometimes as a pastor, I feel like that. I look around and I'm asking, you know, Is there a man that will step up and lead? Is there a man that will step up and serve? Is there a man? And it seems like everyone's just kind of like, ah, I'm not really that interested. And I'm here to tell you that when you cannot find men that want to pastor churches and men that want to be, you know, political leaders that are actually honest and righteous, when you cannot find men that actually want to stand up and lead their wives and lead their families and be the man that God has called them to be, to be you are living in a godless society. And that's the society we live in. Our prayer ought to be, help Lord, for the godly man sees it. And you know, one of my goals at Verity Baptist Church, and one of the things I love about our church, is that there are this church is filled with men that love God, and love their wives, and love their children, and want to do right, and want, but you got to understand this, we need more men to stand up. We need more Davids that will volunteer. We need more Ezekiels, and we need more Isaiahs that will stand up and say, Here am I, Lord, send me. And as Isaiah was looking around, he said, You know what I can't find? He said, I can't find any good men. He said, I can't find any good leadership. But as, as Isaiah was looking around, he said, he said, this society has a lack of leadership. Now notice, the first thing he says is that there's a lack of male leadership. But notice, he says there is leadership. It's just not male leadership. It's not the leadership that God would have. And if that offends you, I'll, I'll give you a verse to prove that to you. But the Bible teaches that men are to rise up and lead. But if you look at verse 4, notice what he says. Here's what he did find. 
I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. Notice this phrase. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancients, and the base against the honorable. Skip down to verse 12. Notice what he says. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them, O my people. They which lead thee cause thee to err. And destroy the way of thy path. And you know, here's what Isaiah is saying. Isaiah is saying, I look around and I cannot find a mighty man. I cannot find a man of war. I cannot find a judge. I cannot find a prophet. I cannot find a prudent man. I can't find an ancient man. He said, I can't find a male to step up and take the leadership role in this society. But as I look around, you know, I see a bunch of families leading, being led by children. And babes. And childs. That, that behave themselves proudly. And children are their oppressors. You say, well, Pastor Jimenez, what is, that ta- what, what is that talking about? Look, if you don't understand what that's talking about, because you can see this in our society today. If you say, well, I don't understand, what does it mean children are their oppressors and they're being led by children? Just go down to Walmart. Just after church, drive down to Walmart. Or, you know, if you're a little uppity, go to Target, okay? <laughs> and just, just walk around. And just watch a mom and watch a dad with a little spoiled brat. And, and you'll find exactly what Isaiah is talking about. Because, you know, today we live in a society where mom and dad, if, 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 if the child doesn't want to go to church, we don't go to church. We go to church only when the, when the kids want to go to church. Oh, well, we, we do what my daughter says. We do what my son says. We are oppressed by our... Look, we live in a society that we are oppressed by our children today. Because a mom doesn't want to stand up and be the mother that God has called her to be. And a man doesn't want to step up and be the man that God has called him to be. And everybody just bows down to the child. The child sets the agenda. The children run the house. We do what they want to do. We do it when they want to do it. And the moment they don't want to do it, then okay, we'll go, we'll go home. It's fine, it's fine. Let's get, just, just don't stop crying. Just stop crying. That's the society we live in. And that's the society that Isaiah lived in. It's a godless society. You say, what does the Bible say about that? Go to Proverbs 22. Look at verse 15. Proverbs 22, verse number 15. You say, what do you, what do, you do, pastor? When a child wants to take... Because you got to understand this. Children want to run your life. Do you know that? They don't want to do what you want to do. They want you to do what they want to do. You say, well, what do I do? Okay, let me show you what you do. Proverbs 22. Look at verse 15. Proverbs 22, verse 15, the Bible says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Look, it's, there's nothing wrong with a child being bad. That's who they are. They're sinners. I hate to break it to you. Your little baby boy is a sinner. Your little baby girl is a sinner. I know they're cute, but they're sinners. They're bad, all of them. Trust me, I, I'm getting one more. <laughs> they're not good. He says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Now notice this, notice this though. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. The Bible teaches that you are to take a rod or a stick and correct a child and drive the foolishness far from him. Now look, I understand that what I'm saying right now, talking about, you know, you want to call it a spanking or whatever you want to call it. Today, you know, it's like, oh, Dr. Phil said... And Oprah said, and I know that today it's not popular to teach that you should spank your children, but let me tell you something. The Bible teaches that you ought to take a rod and correct your child. You're there in Proverbs 22. Just flip over to Proverbs 23. Look at verse 13. Proverbs 23, verse 13. 
Proverbs 23, verse 13, the Bible says, Withhold not correction from the child. God says, don't withhold the correction from the child. Well, I think when he says that for me to correct the child, I think, you know, I read a book by some guy named Dr. Spock, and it wasn't the guy from uh, Star Trek, was it? And anyway, uh, I read this book, and it said that you're supposed to give him a time out. Or that you're just, you know, you're just supposed to reason with the child. Notice what God says. He says, well, don't not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now let me just go ahead and give you a disclaimer. Because sometimes you read these verses and people are like, I can't believe you're saying that. Okay, the Bible is not talking about beating a child here like some drunken dad comes home and beats up on his children. Do you understand that? The Bible is talking about taking a paddle or taking a belt or taking your hand if the child is small. And God designed this area in the body of a child called their bottom. And it's interesting because it's padded, but it's got a lot of nerve endings. So if you are to swat it, it won't really hurt them, but it'll hurt them. You understand that? I mean, that's why God put that there. And the Bible says, hey, if you beat him with a rod, he shall not die. And God says, and let me tell you something. And I want to just go on the record and say it right now. Children that are brats is because they don't get spanked. I often go, I'm often out and about with my kids. I'll be at Home Depot, I'll be at the bank, I'll be wherever, I'll have my kids with me. And I'm constantly getting compliments saying, how are you? You know, we'll be in line at the bank, and some lady's got her little brat, and just, you know, she's like yelling at her mom, saying, I hate you, you know. The kids are running out. My kids are all just standing there. People walk up to me, they're like, your kids are so good. How do you do it? Some, you know, sometimes I just smile, and sometimes I'll be like, well, the, you know, the thing is, they're scared to death. <laughs> because, you know, the truth is that kids don't naturally do right. The Bible says, Thou shalt beat him with a rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell. Now, sometimes people, I'll preach this kind of stuff. Go to Proverbs 13, look at verse 24. Sometimes I'll preach this, and people say, I can't come, I can't just, I can't, I can't, I cannot spank my child. I just love them so much. Okay, well, what does the Bible say? Proverbs 13, look at verse 24. And listen to me, I'm not saying my kids are perfect, okay? They run around here and they do things they shouldn't do. Kids are kids, but let me tell you something. You gotta discipline your children. Proverbs 13, look at verse 24. The Bible says, He that spareth his rod... Notice, God said this, not me. I did not sneak around and insert this verse into your Bible before you showed up to church tonight. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. That's what the Bible says. I I love my child so much, I just couldn't bring myself to spank them. Well, God actually says that you hate your child. Because it says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The word betimes means early, while there's still hope. God says you ought to spank your children. God says you ought to correct your children. God says you ought to take a rod and, and, and correct the child and drive the foolishness far from him. God says if you, do, if you spare the rod, you hate the child. And the Bible teaches that you ought to spank your children. And look, for, the, for those of you that spank, your, that, that spank your children, you know this is true. You ever, you know, you ever just like, your kids are doing something bad, and you're being a little more lenient than you should be? You know what I mean? And they're like, they, they, they're doing something you're not supposed to do, and you say, hey, don't do that. Then they do it again, and you're like, hey, I said stop doing it. Listen to me, you know, and you start getting mad, and agitated, and they start kind of having a bad attitude with you, as you're having a bad attitude with them. You know what I've noticed? That whenever I spank my children, after their initial crying, they're just instantly good, and they're instantly loving. Have you ever noticed that? They're just like, they love you more when you spank them. They just like, they grab, now you know, 
if, if you've never spanked your child and they're 13, okay, it might take a little bit to kind of get them used to it. But you know, like, once they've kind of gotten used to the fact that, hey, mom loves me, dad loves me, they're doing this because they love me, they realize that, like, that, you know, you don't hate them. And I've noticed, like, you know, I think, this is what I always think to myself. I think to myself, why did I spend all that time yelling? I should have just spanked them the first time. Because they would have been instantly just loving and good and polite. The Bible teaches, but today, and it's sad to see that today children have their mom and their dad just wrapped around their little pudgy fingers. <laughs> and it's just like, you run the home. You don't want to go to church? Okay, we won't go to church. Let me tell you something. You lead those kids. You tell them where they go. Look, my kids go where I tell them to go, when I tell them to go. And that's what the Bible says. That's what leadership is. But today, we live in a society where you cannot find men that want to step up. And Isaiah said, I can't find, I can't find a strong man, a mighty man, a man of war. I can't find a prophet. I can't find a prudent man. I can't find an ancient person to ask advice to because they put them all in a retirement home. He said, I can't find any leadership. And he says, but as I look around, I see all these families being led by their children. Not only was there children leadership, but notice, go back to Isaiah chapter 3, look at verse 12. Not only was there child leadership, but notice this, Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. If you thought that point was controversial, you might not like this one. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says, For my people, children are their oppressors. Notice this, and women rule over them. He says, I can't find a man to step up. He says, I find a bunch of kids running around, and they're telling their parents what to do. And then he says, I look around, and you know what I do find? A bunch of woman leadership. you got to understand this. Do you understand that God is saying women rule over them, and it's a negative thing? Do you understand the Bible says women rule over them, and it's God's judgment coming upon them? Keep your finger there in Isaiah. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2 in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 2. There's so many verses I could show to prove this to you, but I'm just going to take one. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. The Bible says this. 1 Timothy chapter 2. If you can find all the T-books, they're all kind of clustered together. 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus. Find, find all the T-books in the New Testament. And you got 1st uh, Timothy chapter number 2. Look at verse 12. 1st Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. The Bible says this. 1st Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. It says, but I suffer. The word suffer means allow. He says, but I suffer, I allow not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. The Bible teaches that women are to be under the authority of men. The Bible teaches that wives are to submit themselves to their husbands, Ephesians chapter 5. And I know, again, this isn't popular. I get it. This is your, people would look at me and say, you are tough, you are a male chauvinist, you are this, you are that. But let me tell you something. The Bible says we ought to preach the word instant, in season, out of season, whether it's popular or not. And this is the way God designed it. And you've got to understand this. God is not saying that men are better than women. God is not saying that women are better than men. They play different roles. They have different purposes to life. But God has ordained that women are to submit themselves under the authority of a man. And that is in God teaches that for politics. God teaches that for the church. God teaches that for the family. And today, I'm already seeing, you know, bumper stickers that say, Hillary 2016. You know, and whenever I see those bumper stickers, I kind of drive up. And I just kind of drive up next to that car. And I look inside the car just to see, you know, who would have that 
And you know what it's been every single time? I've seen it three times, Hillary, 2016. And every time I've got to, you know, drive up, and I think to myself, I want to get a good look at this guy or this person that would put a sticker that says Hillary, 2016. And every time I look at that, you know what I see? A man. And today we have men that don't want to take the leadership role. They don't, want to, they don't want to step up and be the man that God has called them to be. They're looking for some woman to lead them. Today we have churches filled, pulpits being filled by women preaching the Bible. When the Bible says it's not permitted for a woman to speak in the church. When the Bible says that a woman should not usurp the authority of the event. Let me tell you something. It'll be a cold day in hell before a woman ever stands up behind this pulpit and teaches anything from the Word of God. You say, well, I, don't, I don't think you should say that. Well, listen to me. We're living in a very godless society today. And we have a lack of leadership where kids are running around telling mom and dad what to do. And where we have women ruling over men in politics and in church. And the saddest thing is that in the home, women are running the show. And I wouldn't give you a dime for these guys that sit there and have to get permission from their wife for everything that they need to do. You need to grow some hair on your legs, sir. And step up and be a man. You know, I'm trying to teach my kids, hey, you, you be a leader. Don't be a follower. You figure out what's right and you lead as a man you ought to lead. We have women leadership. Paul said, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to use some authority over the man, but to be in silence. Isaiah said, if you go back to Isaiah 3, he said, he said I, I look around at this godless society, and, you know, and by the way, let me just, I, 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 want, to, I want, every time I bring this point up, I want to make sure I say this, because you know, guys get a little nervous. You know, when you start saying this, and they're kind of like, oh, okay, you know, what do I do? I say amen? You know, look, don't say amen, all right? It's fine. You know, I, I make those jokes, and then I'm going to have some guy be like, amen, you hear that, honey? No, okay, don't do that either. That's not cool. You know, here's something, let me give you something about leadership. If you got to go around telling everybody you're the boss, okay, you're not the boss. You understand that? If you got to go around telling your kids, hey, I'm, I'm the boss around here, you're not the boss. If you were the boss, they would know it, okay? Your wife should know it if you're the leader. But, but, but here's, here's what you need to understand, okay? We need to get back to the model of leadership that God has established. Where children submit to their parents, wives submit to their husbands, where leadership is a male leadership that God established, not because, and, and, oh, and here's the point that I'm trying to make, and I, and I want to say this every time. I, I preach this because I, I think, you know, I don't want the guys to get too nervous. I want you to understand this because this is true. Women are looking for a man to lead them. They don't want some yellow belly pussy button. You know, I don't know what to do. I need your permission. That's not who they want. They want a man that says, hey, I'm here to lead. You want to follow? That's what a woman wants. She may, you know, she, you know, she can burn her bra and say whatever. But listen, she's looking for a man to lead. Because God designed them that way. So we have a lack of leadership. Go back to Isaiah chapter 3. Look at verse 5. Not only is there a lack of leadership, but I want you to notice, when you have a godless society, you not only have a lack of leadership, but you have a lack of liberty. A lack of liberty. Isaiah chapter 3, look at verse 5. First we saw that there was a lack of leadership. I'd like you to notice there's also a lack of liberty. Isaiah 3.5. Notice what it says. The people shall be oppressed. The word oppressed means that you are put under. You're, you're, they're trying to get you to submit to them. They're oppressing you. He says the people shall be oppressed. Everyone by another. Everyone by his neighbor. 
The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base against the honorable. Keep your finger there in Isaiah 3, okay? Go to first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and also Mark chapter 13. And let's look at these references real quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and look at uh, Mark chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 is the first passage I'd like you to look at. And I want you to notice this, okay? Whenever you remove God from a society, with the removing of the, of the, of the, uh, of the presence of God, or just the, the attitude towards God, or the understanding that we are under the authority of a God, you always remove liberty. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 says this, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Bible says that there will be liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. Okay, the reverse to that is true. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there will be no liberty. And this is what Isaiah is talking about. He says, the people shall be oppressed, everyone by another, and everyone by his neighbor. Go to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. In Mark chapter 13, we don't have time to develop the whole thing, but this is the Olivet Discourse where the Lord Jesus Christ is explaining end times prophecy. And notice one of the characteristics of the time of great persecution and the great tribulation that Jesus warns us about. Mark chapter 13 and verse number 12 says this. Mark chapter 13 and verse number 12 says, Now the brother shall betray the brother to death. Can you believe that? That a brother would betray his brother to the point where the, the, the brother that betrayed him would cause him to be put to death. Jesus said, this day is going to come. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. The Bible says there's a time coming, known as the Great Tribulation, when the Antichrist is going to set up an image, and he's going to have the mark of the beast, and he's going to say, hey, if your brother, if he's one of those Christians, just call this hotline and we'll have him put to death. Hey, your, hey, children, report your parents. Hey, uh, fathers, report your son. Or sons, report your father. And you say, I can't believe that. Like, Look, we are already being trained for that. Amen. I mean, today, right now, you know, there's this drought in California. In Sacramento, literally on my neighborhood, there are neighbors calling, you know, the city of Sacramento, telling on other neighbors because they're watering on the wrong day. Because you're only allowed to water on like Tuesday and Saturday at certain times. Well, you know, your neighbor's like, they're like, hey, if your neighbor's watering on a Wednesday, you call this number. We're being trained to be this tattletailing, snitching society. Let me tell you something. There's an agenda in the public schools to teach your kids to be a bunch of tattletales. Did you know that? It's a proven fact. We have kids in our neighborhood. You know, we'll, we'll allow our children to play with other kids in the neighborhood as long as my wife and I are supervising. And whenever we allow them to play with kids from the public school, they're constantly like coming up to us and saying, you know, show and show that this. And I always tell them when they're in our house, I say, look, listen, at my house, we don't have them. Because you know what? You know, if it's a big problem, you know, if they, if they found a dead body in the closet, okay, you need to tell somebody that. But I don't, you don't teach your kids that. Have this mentality of like, if somebody does something wrong, you call the hotline. Because let me tell you, there's coming a day when they're going to call the hotline on you. And in the public school, they're telling your kids, Hey, listen, little Timmy, did your mom yell at you? Well, you can call the CPS. And you can report her. And you better believe there are children calling their parents, you know, CPS on their kids right now. We are being trained to be this paddle, tail, snitching society. And it's all going to go back 
to this idea of the Antichrist, where the Antichrist is going to say, hey, report your brother to death, report your father to death, report your neighbor to death, tell on them and snitch on them. And that's what Isaiah was talking about. Notice, go back to Isaiah chapter 3, look at verse 5. He says, and the people shall be oppressed. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 5. And the people shall be oppressed, everyone by another, and everyone by his neighbor. He says, everyone's oppressed by their neighbor. Instead of having liberty, they're having oppression. But you've got to understand, why, why is that so? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there is oppression. And Isaiah was looking at society and said, you know what I've noticed? Since God hasn't really been in our society, I've noticed there's a lack of leadership. And he said, you know what else I've noticed? I've noticed there's a lack of liberty. just seems like everybody is oppressing each other. Seems like everybody's in everybody's business. Seems like we just don't have any liberty to do as we will and to water the yard whenever I, you know, I, I, I want to have the freedom to turn my sprinklers on whenever I want. Regardless of the trial, you know what I mean? Look, look I, I don't want to live in a society where, you know, where they're being told, if you see your neighbor throw a pine cone at the squirrel, call, you know, the CBS. Now listen, I'm not for squirrel, you know, abuse. But if I see my neighbor kick their dog, I'm not calling anyone. I don't care. But today it's like, every you know, call the cops, call this, call that, call these people, report them. It's not right, it's not good. And it's because of the lack of the Spirit of the Lord. So Isaiah said there's a lack of leadership. Isaiah said there's a lack of liberty. Number three, go back to Isaiah chapter three. We're almost done. Isaiah chapter three. Isaiah chapter three. Verse six. You say, Pastor, I, don't like, I did not like this. Look, this morning I preached a real encouraging sermon about David and Goliath. Remember, remember that when you were the underdog? You had to be Goliath. Okay, that was encouraging. Isaiah chapter 3, look at verse 6. Man, it'd be nice to go back to that. Isaiah chapter 3, look at verse 6. When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, this is interesting, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let this ruin be under thy hand. So we said, number one, in a godless society, there is a lack of leadership. We said, number two, in a godless society, there is a lack of liberty. Number three, in a godless society, there is a lack of loneliness. Loneliness. Some of you think I made that word up, but the Bible actually uses the word loneliness, talking about being humble. And, you know, as you remove the Spirit of God from a society, you know what you get? A very proud and arrogant people. Now, here's what's interesting, and we're going to get a little bit into it, but let me just highlight it for you from this verse. When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, say... Remember, they, they have a lack of leadership, so they're trying to find leaders... And they said, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler. They go up to this guy and they say, We like the way you're dressed. Will you rule over us? Now he says, No, I don't want to rule over you because I'm a man. Go find Hillary, you know. But they're looking at a guy and they're saying, Hey, will you rule? And it's this shallow mentality. And look, you don't think we live in this society today? Let me give you an example. And I hesitate giving you this example because some of you are going to go out of here saying, oh, I can't believe. Look, let me tell you right now. The example I'm giving to you, I don't like either one of these individuals. But I just want to give you an example. Remember when Obama and McCain were running for president? Remember that? Okay, now listen to me. I don't endorse Obama. I don't endorse McCain. I think they're both wicked. I think they're both bad. I don't like either one of them. Okay? I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Um, nothing, alright? I'm a Christian, alright? So I'm not, you know, I'm not here to support either one. But I think they're both bad. But remember when Obama was running versus McCain? Now listen to me, I don't agree with either one. But if you, if you just looked at their resumes, okay, which one would be more qualified to be the President of the United States? 
I mean, McCain was like a senator for many years. And again, I'm not saying I, I don't, I'm not endorsing McCain. I don't think he's a good guy. But he was like a senator for a bunch of years. He was a military leader. He was actually a POW where he like got tortured for like a decade or something. You know, came back, you know. I mean, if you just looked at their resumes, I'm not talking about looking at what they believe and what they stood for. Just look at the resumes. You got this guy who's been like a senator for a lot of years, military leader, you know, POW, done all this stuff. Then you got this guy over here that's been like a senator for like two years. Okay, but why did Obama get elected? You know why? One reason. He looked better in a suit. He looked nice! He's a good-looking guy with a nice-looking family. McCain was a short, kind of stumpy, angry-looking guy. And you better, you say, that's not, that's how Bill Clinton got elected. That's how John F. Kennedy got elected. People look at people today and they say, hey, that has a nice suit of clothing. Will you rule over us? That's what Isaiah's talking about. Look at what he said. Isaiah 3.6 When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father saying Thou hast clothing Be thou our ruler They said you look nice Won't you rule over us? And it's this shallow arrogant lack of humbleness society That's how we choose leaders in America We don't judge them by the content of their character We judge how nice they look that's why you have such a godly leader here at Verity Baptist Church, because I don't look very good. You know, you're following me because I, you know, because I'm, I don't know. All right, go to, uh, look at verse 16. God explains it even further, this pride of a society. This, and, and you know, he explains it, and listen ladies, I'm not trying to pick on you. We're, it's just Isaiah chapter 3, and it's what God talked about. But he explains this pride-filled society by describing a woman. And notice what he says, verse 16. Now, I'll be honest with you, he's going to begin to explain a woman, and some of the things that he describes, I don't know what he's talking about, and nobody knows what he's talking about, okay? Because, like, you know, some of these words are just a little odd. But notice what he says, Isaiah 3, verse 16. This is actually one of my favorite passages in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Moreover, the Lord saith, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty. The word haughty means proud, or exalted, or snobbish. They're kind of like snobs. They look down on people. Oh, you're, you don't look that nice. You know, I look nice. You look ugly. He says, Moreover, the Lord says, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks. Now, that's not talking about like the African neck thing, you know, where they're like, that's not what it's like. It's just talking about like a proud person. You ever see a proud person just kind of... Like, they just had to look down on people. You know what I mean? That's why I like being short, because I never look down on anyone. You know, I've always got this humble attitude. But he says, look, Moreover, the Lord says, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks, and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. Talking about these women would actually put like bells on their toes, I guess, or on their ankles, just so that when they walk, they would make a noise. And let me tell you something, ladies. God has made you to walk, to, to, to be formed in a certain way. And ladies ought to walk like ladies, and men ought to walk like men. But let me tell you something. You ought to walk in a modest way, where you're not just walking to bring attention to yourself. And you understand what I'm talking about. And the Bible is very clear. You know, God is looking at these ladies and saying, I don't like how you walk. Because you're walking in a way to bring attention to yourself. And by the way, men, walk like men. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't stand watching these guys. You know, they walk like a girl. It's like, put your pants up and walk like a man. Anyway, look at verse 17. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. 
In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their... Now, God is describing the shallowness of these women by their clothing. Notice what He says. He says, in that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments. Alright, that's not talking about a Christmas tree. The, the tinkling ornament is like an accessory or an article of clothing used to beautify the appearance or something like that. So they would put on these like jewelry or this ornament that would tinkle as they would walk by. God says, I will take away the, the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their calls. Uh, that's a, a woman's uh, kind of like clothes-fitting uh, indoor headdress. At least that's what people think that is. And the round tires... Uh, that's talking about, I'm, I'm assuming, ankle bracelets. Uh, he says the round tires like the moon. The chains, talking about jewelry. The bracelets, talking about jewelry. The muffler. Uh, okay, here's the thing. I don't, I'm not really sure if God is describing a woman or like a Cadillac. Okay, but, uh, you know, he, he talks about like a muffler. talks about the round tires. Later on, he talks about a hood. So it's interesting. The, the muffler is, is just, uh, you know, something that would go over the the mouth of a woman, uh, to not to keep her from talking, but to, you know, cover her, like if it's cold or something like that. And the some of you ladies, I guess, some mufflers. That'd be, <laughs> okay, verse 20. The bonnets, talking about a hat, and the uh, ornaments of the legs, you know, talking about putting jewelry to bring attention to your legs, and the headbands, and the tablets, and the earrings, the rings, and the nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel, the mantles, the wimples, uh, I think that's like a cloth uh, or a headdress, and the crisping pins, uh, it's probably like some sort of a curling thing for your hair, um, the glasses, the fine linen, the hoods, you see, uh, I love all these, you know, vehicle parts, the muffler, the hood, the round tires, um, the veils, and it shall come to pass, and instead of sweet smell, there shall be a stink, and instead of a girdle, a rent. And instead of well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a stuckmaker, a girding of sackcloth. And burning instead of beauty. Thy men shall fall by the sword, and thy mighty in the war. And her gates shall lament and more, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. Now listen to me very carefully, okay? God is not saying that it's wrong for a woman to put on nice clothing. Okay? Because remember the virtuous woman made beautiful clothing for her family. Okay, and the Bible says that you ought to wear, you know, dress modest apparel, but there's nothing wrong with wearing nice clothes. There's nothing wrong with jewelry. There's nothing wrong with makeup. What God is talking about is an individual that puts so much time and effort into themselves. And really that's what their whole life is about. It's just this shallow, proud, my whole life is wrapped up in the way that I look. And that's what God is talking about. He says when you have a godless society, you're going to have shallow people with no depth to their character, no purpose for their life. Everything's just, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting makeup on, ladies. But if, if you're, you know, you, I, I believe that you ought to not overdo it. There's nothing wrong with having jewelry, but there's a point where it's just kind of ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with having nice clothing, but don't let that overwhelm your life to where all you think about all the time and everything that's of value to you is just how I look and how this clothes looks on me and how my hair looks. I mean, good night. How long did it take this woman to get dressed? You know what I mean? I must have, you know, her kids are definitely not being homeschooled. I mean, this woman spending like three hours just getting put, putting clothes on, you know? But here's the point that God's trying to make, verse 24. And it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink. He says, you want to have a sweet smell. He said, but when, when I bring judgment upon your nation, 
is that when they take you away into captivity, and they, and they march you to the land that you will be a slave for the rest of your life, he said, all your sweet smells going to disappear, and you're going to stink. He says, instead of a girdle, a, a, a girdle, a rent, instead of well-set hair, baldness, instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth. Here's what God is saying. If your life is just this shallow, and this goes for men, if your life is just this shallow, you know, exterior, I only care about how I look, and you know, for women, it's easy to pick on women because they're all about clothing, but men it's the same thing. If your life's just about the car that I drive, the size house that I have, and you know, can I impress my friends with a thing? Here's what God is saying. I'm going to take all that away. If that's all you are, I'm going to take it away. He said, so, so listen to me. There better be some depth to your character. There better be something more to you than just well-set hair. There better be something more to you than just a nice clothes. There better be something more to you than just a car and just a house and just an account. Because one day you can lose the house and you can lose the car. And you can, there's nothing wrong with having any of that. Remember Job had great riches. But when Job lost it all, he still had a relationship with and he was still a man of character. And he still had something worth living for. But when you have a godless society, you know what you have? A bunch of people running around for a bunch of worthless things that in eternity will not So well, what can we learn from this? Here's what we can learn. I, don't, I can't control what they do out there. But would to God, a Verity Baptist church, would to God, our families here, and our church family here, would to God that men would step up, and women would submit, and children would be disciplined, and there would be some depth to us, and there would be more to us than just the clothes we put on our back, and that we would have the right leadership, and that we would live with the Spirit of the Lord in our lives, that we might have liberty, and that we would be the type of people that would walk humbly before God. I can't change America, but would to God... There will be a change in your life. And in my life. You say, well, how do you avoid all this? Here's how you avoid it. You put God first. You keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you allow Him to put everything in perspective. Because when you're serving God, you realize the things of this earth, they don't really matter. And when you put God first, you realize, you know, the way that God designed marriage to be, and the way that God designed the authority structure to be, it really does work. And when you put God first, you realize, you know, the way that God instituted for us to raise our children, that's the way we ought to do it, because that's what works. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord, and thank you for the book of Isaiah. I know Isaiah is not popular. I know that Isaiah is controversial. I know that Isaiah is not something that people want to hear in 2014. But Father, I pray that you would help us to be the type of church, the type of people that still, even today, see the value in the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to have the right leadership. Help us, Lord, to have liberty. Help us, Father, to be lowly. Help us to love you, to put you first in every area of our lives. We love you, Lord, in your precious name I pray. Amen.